Welcome to The Mortgage Life, a space for down-to-earth conversations about how mortgages contribute to your life. Well, that sounds canned and maybe a little boring. What? There are so many parts to the mortgage industry and real estate finance we can explore and share with our listeners. Okay, you're right. You're right, Mindy. Our goal is to help secure our clients' financial future. I'm Pete Salamosi. I'm Mindy Bodwin. And I'm Sue Salamosi. We're your hosts. Welcome to The Mortgage Life. Okay, so before we dive in, let's let's all clap together. Three, two, one. <laughs> we did it. Take two. Take one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody put vodka in my cup. <laughs> today, <laughs> today we're talking about the mortgage application process. And we have the giggles. And we have the giggles. <laughs> yes. So when I think of the mortgage application process, I'm a linear thinker. I literally see a timeline in my head. Step one, step two, step three, four, etc. So that stresses me out. Yeah. I don't know what the opposite of linear thinking is. I think. It's organic. What, did you Google that, Pete? Yeah, I Googled it in my head. Pete's brain Google. <laughs> I'm an organic thinker. I don't know if that's what it actually means, but if you've seen my whiteboards, you know uh, that's basically my brain yeah. <laughs> on a big whiteboard. Anyway, so applications for me are a whole lot of pieces that impact each other. Yeah, it's like it's like a puzzle, right? It's like somebody took a puzzle box mm. and just kind of dumps it on the ground, and we've got a vague idea of what the final picture is to look like, but it's our job to take all those pieces and put them together. So where do we start? For me, honestly, as I was thinking about this this morning, it starts with the client just instinctively something happens and they say, today's the day. I'm starting to think about purchasing a house. I'm starting to think about a refinance. What's step one? Well, step one is picking up the phone and calling your mortgage broker. Right. Or sending an email or walking into the office. All of those things happen. Uh, but my next step from there would be a conversation. Just a chat about, you know, what their goals are and, and what they're trying to accomplish. Right. Like what's happening? What's your situation? But yeah, it's true. It's a, that initial conversation, whether it's in person or via text or email or phone, that's where we're listening to what our clients' ultimate goals are. So we'll ask questions, we'll listen. I know a lot of the times the conversation gets kind of drawn towards rate off the top, understandably, because that is your cost, but it's bigger than that. We really need to put those puzzle pieces together to figure out the best mortgage scenario, the best mortgage product for you. So if you go back to our episode when we talked about building a trusted team, it's all part of that process too, right? This is, this is where you establish your trust with your mortgage broker. Right. Because it's not just this particular transaction that we're thinking about as mortgage brokers, but we're also looking big picture. So we might be looking at what is your family situation? Are you a single person? Are you engaged, newly engaged, new baby on the way, maybe? There's a lot of these things that might filter into long-term planning. Um, we look at, of course, other parts of your life, like income, where you are in terms of your job, if you're newly employed or, or what have you. So there's a lot of things, and those bits of information all filter into um, the kind of details that we're looking at for that mortgage. Yeah, so 
I would call that stage. Step two is uh, the gathering of information, the pre-qualification. We can get pretty far based on our conversation, but in order to get the precise numbers and products to you, we do need precise information going in. And that's where documentation comes into play. Documentation. It's always an interesting conversation too. Um, and something that it's, it took, takes a little bit of getting used to as a mortgage broker. We do need to ask a lot of personal questions. And sometimes it feels a little bit invasive. We're not trying to be invasive. We're just trying to gather as much information as we can. And uh, building the trust so that it doesn't feel like you're handing your life over to someone that you don't trust. Yeah. Like, honestly, we don't care about your Starbucks habit. That is not what we're looking at when you provide your bank statements. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. So, so we're going to be not only collecting some documentation, but we're going to start off with things like your personal information. So details like your full name, your date of birth, social insurance number, where you live. Actually, we'd take three years of your residential history. Uh, your employment, also three years of employment history. Uh, what else are we looking for, Mindy? Uh, once we kind of get that backdrop of your three-year history, which, yes, is important, and why is that important? Uh, basically, the lender is just trying to get a sense of who you are, um, where you've been, um, you know, if you worked as a carpenter for a year and then as a house cleaner for a year and then now you're working in a medical clinic, well, you know, that that's a little shaky as far as history goes. So they're just kind of trying to build you up, um, your overall character. Uh, once we get past that, basic info, we start diving into your financial history. So that's the liability side. That's where we look at the credit bureau and we balance that with um, an asset list. So what you own versus what you owe. What you own can include things like vehicles, investments, savings. Um, Rembrandts. I, if they're <laughs> worth something. I actually had a client who had a collection of magic cards that was worth $35,000. That's a thing. Yeah. Interesting. They're a collector item, though apparently I did my due diligence and, and dug into that piece. Wow. Um, and the reason I needed to on that is because the selling of those cards actually formed part of a down payment. So what you <laughs> own can really be diverse. And we balance that with what you owe. So... Uh, on your credit bureau, you have those credit cards, lines of credit, vehicle loans, all of that stuff. But that's not the only thing that we look at on the credit bureau. What else do we look at? The things that show up on the credit bureau. A lot of times we will actually go through that bureau with you, uh, the client, and we will look at the various line items so that all the things that show up on your credit bureau, because oftentimes a client may not know that certain things do show up as liabilities. So for instance, if you've co-signed for someone else's car loan, a lot of parents do this. So um, yeah, always good to know what's on that credit bureau. But like you said, Sue, there's other things more than just what are the payments that show up on the bureau. So one of the important things on the bureau is name, birth date, address, because those things are all important to be on there. Yeah. And just quickly, the name. So this is when Pete mentioned your full name. We do need your legal full name as it would show up on your credit bureau. Uh, when we input it in, if it's the wrong name, then we need to do an extra step in the documentation process, which is providing ID, proving you are who you are. So this is, again, comes back to that precision of information. 
For sure. And some of the other things that we look at, uh, stuff that will show up in the credit bureau that we need to review will be any collections or judgments that have shown up in the past, any late payments on any of those trade lines or lack of late payments. So if you're up to date and have paid all of your debts on time, that's really good. Uh, We look at date of last activity. So how often you use certain trades um, and balances and payments. And then mortgages also show up on credit bureaus. Cell phones? Cell phones, yeah, those show up as well. And so speaking of the bureaus, we've got a future episode where we're going to dive into this, the real specifics of how that credit bureau looks, what is good, what is bad, what helps your score and what hurts your score. So stay tuned for that. For sure. That'll be a super interesting episode or we'll make it interesting and fun. It'll um, not be dry. <laughs> but our next step on the application after figuring out figuring out what you own versus what you owe is crunching the numbers to see what you can afford as far as a new mortgage. Yeah, and so this is again where we really like to rely on the documentation. So backtrack to our initial conversation, we kind of have a general idea of where we're going. And then we're going to say, thank you so much. Now, can you please send us your letter of employment, a recent pay stub, your tax returns, a T4, proof of down payment, uh, information on other properties that you own. And as a mortgage broker, we collect all these documents and we look through it all to build this overall mortgage application for you, which will give us a really sound understanding of what you qualify for, the best mortgage product that works for you, um, and yeah, help set you up for your meeting this aspect of your financial goals. So for sure, um, it's, it's an important process and completing the application is that what, what step were we on? Three. (laughs) in the initial. So, you know, you you pick up the phone, you contact your mortgage broker, you have an initial conversation, you go through the application process, um, providing all those details and giving some context and and depth into your history. So we have a better window and view of what it is that you are doing and what you want to achieve. Our next step after that will be to dive into documentation. Um, So this step in the process is also extremely important because we need to verify all the details that you've provided. Yeah. And this kind of goes hand in hand with that number crunching bit, because it allows us to ensure that the numbers that we've used for the calculations are actually what the lenders will, in fact, confirm as well. So oftentimes a person might say, I make $50,000 per year, but in fact, they make $49,822, which doesn't sound like a big difference, but because the mortgage calculations are very, very number specific, and there are certain caps and limits in terms of ratios. Sometimes those little dollar amounts can make a difference. And so that's why diving into this documentation really helps us up front. Yeah. And I'll just make a quick comment um, on the privacy aspect. So as mortgage brokers, we are licensed uh, every two years, relicensed, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to our clients. So when we are viewing your documents, they're not going anywhere else. Um, We have also some new software, which is kind of exciting, that as a team we use. It's called Velocity, but it provides a secure portal for our clients to upload documents to, and then we can see those documents in the portal. So only us and our clients have access to that particular portal. Right, and that's become a really big, important bit moving forward 
is that technology piece that allows people to get us documents without necessarily having to come into the office. So a lot of this technology now comes to cell phones, taking a picture or scanning those documents and then sending them in through that portal. So a really convenient way, but secure as well. Faxes? We still do faxes. I do remember faxing. There were still, we were still faxing stuff when I first started as a broker. No courier pigeons though. (laughs) No courier pigeons. Um, I do want to touch on how providing this documentation sometimes can feel really big and scary. Um, Invasive. Invasive. Sharing this information. I mean, this is your, your personal livelihood. So, I just want to reiterate that there's no judgment on our side. We are really, we're looking at the numbers and trying to help you find your best path forward and make some good decisions when it comes to real estate and financing. Absolutely. I remember the old saying, this is something I learned in in elementary school. It was garbage in, garbage out. I don't like it because it kind of has a negative connotation, but I think good information in, good information out. So as, as long as we can get a lot of those documents, verify, it gives you a better sense as to what you can qualify for, because we know that we've done the right calculation. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen clients, um, you know, give us bank statements where they've gone through and crossed out all their purchases redacted, for the past redacted. Yeah. six months or whatever. And, <laughs> you know, unfortunately that would be an altered document. So it, it doesn't work, but again, we're not, you know, we sitting there piecing through what your habits would be on the weekend. It's, it's just, it's the tool that we need to use to build your application. So saying that, um, our preliminary review is always thorough and diligent and, um, we give you the best advice possible. Of course, once you actually have an accepted offer in place and we are moving forward with a live deal, everything is subject to the lender and the insurer reviewing and approving those documents as well. Right. So that's part of, that's part of our due diligence in the industry. Um, you know, making sure it's not just one set of eyes verifying details. Um, so that's the difference, you know, when we've done a pre-approval versus having an, a live deal moving forward is, is that additional review. Right. So initial call, pre-qualification, pre-approval is a formal uh, document that you receive. And then the formal approval is when you have the signed purchase and sale agreement. Right. So all of this is essentially there to ensure that as you move forward through the process that we can be as certain as possible that we've done our due diligence to make sure you get the property that you're looking for. And those are few and far between these days. True. And, and the, the process may not be what your parents had. It most likely was a lot easier even a decade ago to go through this process. But I think if you look at how diligent we are, it turns out to be a very uh, seamless process and rewarding. Potentially educational. Absolutely. <laughs> and just quick note, similar process for the refinance or, you know, the second mortgage scenario, obviously not the pre-approval and not the purchase agreement, but the chat about the pre-qualification, the document review, the submission to the lender, the right. approval. Long-term goals, all that good stuff. That's it for today. So stay tuned for following episodes in this series. We're also going to talk about the, in, in terms of the mortgage application process, the actual funding and the legal process, and then the follow-up process after it's complete. Sounds exciting. Great. This is The Mortgage Life. We look forward to continuing the conversation. So come back and listen. 